want to welcome everybody to our, our podcast. We call it From the Preacher Study. I have Brother Kevin Clark with me. He's a member here at the Church at Oak Mountain. My name is Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here. Uh, we've been uh, carrying on this way for, for quite some time, yeah. and uh, we've had good results. We get good feedback and encouragement yeah. from people. We appreciate every positive comment, even uh, some uh, helpful criticism from time to That's time right. has right. been official, and so we hope that the listeners and those who are watching benefit from our study as well. We're in the book of Ephesians in mm -hmm. chapter 5. We're going to continue some of the thoughts that we began last week and then advance a little bit. Uh, but uh, before we go any further, Kevin, you got any introductory comments? It's just a pleasure to be here, and we want to reiterate what was said earlier, that we thank everyone, the, the audience, for you taking time out of your day to be with us, to study God's Word, the interest in God's Word. We, we know from Isaiah 55, you will be rewarded for that interest, because anybody who takes time to study and to meditate upon and think about God's Word is going to be blessed. Uh, we want to thank Jason and Mark, who are the one, two of the deacons here. Uh, they're with us every week and so good about uh, lending of their talents and abilities to help us do what we're doing. I think we've made the point several times, if it were uh, yeah. dependent upon us, that this podcast would not exist. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> so thank Thank you for uh, sacrificing, and, and thank you to your families for all the things that you do to make this happen. Hey, I, I can barely get through it with their help. You know? <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> well, let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 5. You know, in the, the book of Ephesians, Paul talks about uh, being in Christ, mm -hmm, and that's, that's mm -hmm. a significant idea right. in, in this book, being in union with Christ and what that brings to us, the benefits that that brings to us. But in this section of the book, he's talking about some of the responsibilities that yeah, come absolutely. as yeah. a result of being in Christ. Mm -hmm. So we talked about last time, that affects our behavior a great deal. In fact, in some cases, it may alter it altogether. Right, right. So we're talking about that idea. What are the implications as far as our behavior is concerned uh, of being a Christian, of being a child of God, of being in Christ? And so that discussion begins in chapter 4. Mm -hmm. We worked our way through chapter 4, talked about uh, the things that he talks about there. Then the conversation or the, the instruction continues into chapter 5, and we're going to advance. We're going to begin in verse 6 and mm -hmm. then advance it a little bit. So let's begin reading in verse 6 and read down through several verses. It says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are li the light of the Lord, or light of the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it's disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. And we'll stop right there. It kind of right. continues into the next paragraph. Let's just pick up on this idea again. He's talking about our behavior, walking as children of light, not walking in darkness, mm -hmm. and so forth. So I'll, I'll go back to verse 6, where he says, Don't let anyone deceive you with empty words. You know, not everything that's taught is correct. That's right. Not everything that's taught in religion is right. Not everything that's taught in 
religion is correct. Uh, people can be deceived, mm -hmm. and sometimes uh, they may uh, continue to promote the deception unawares. Mm -hmm. And so a person can be deceived, and he can accept what's incorrect, thinking that it is correct. Right. And then he can uh, teach that to others and then just perpetuate the problem. And so here's the warning for Christians. Don't be deceived. Don't let anyone deceive you with empty words. If we do, the wrath of God comes upon us. It's going to lead to disobedience, and the wrath of God will come upon us. I imagine that Paul has somebody specific mm -hmm. in mind mm -hmm. here, mm -hmm. maybe some false teachers that would circulate in, right. in Ephesus. And so he's, he's warning them uh, not to be deceived by them. He goes on in verse 7 to say, don't be partakers with them. And then in verse 11, he even says, expose them. Mm -hmm. and so we have a responsibility. We, we shouldn't think that that problem ended in the first century. Right. But even today, uh, we need to uh, examine what is being taught by people. Uh, we need not to participate in things right. if they're incorrect or they're wrong. And when we have the opportunity, we, we expose them. We show yes, the yes. show uh, where they fall short. Right. And so not, not everything is correct. Paul, in this passage, uses contrasts darkness mm -hmm. and light. He says, uh, uh, you are formerly darkness, but now you are light in, in, the, in the Lord. So darkness usually represents evil mm -hmm. and sin and wickedness spiritual ignorance. And light, of course, is the opposite right. of that. There are such common figures of speech. Mm -hmm. We, we kind of get the idea without right. a technical explanation. But light is to be enlightened. Right. It's knowledge. It's what's holy and pure and good. God is light. Amen. And in Him is no darkness at all. And so you used to walk in darkness, he says here, but now you're light in the Lord, and so walk as children of light. Now, that's a good connection with what we talked about last time. Absolutely. You are children of mm -hmm. God, mm -hmm. and so you should behave as a child of God. Amen. Here, you're light in the Lord, and so you are to walk as children of light. Amen. And so can't walk in immorality, right. uh, going back to the previous verses. Mm -hmm. Can't walk in uh, uh, greed right. or covetousness or impurity, but we are to walk as children of light. He goes on in verse 9 to explain a little bit the, some of the characteristics of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And so we're to walk as children of light, and we're to be good, practice goodness and righteousness and truth. Any comments about all that up to this point, Kevin? Well, and when you talk about the light and the darkness, I couldn't help but think about a study that we've been going through uh, currently in our Oak Mountain Church of Christ Adult Bible Study, and that's 1 John. And you'll remember the famous passage, 1 John chapter 1, where it talks about verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice truth, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Again, the contrast between uh, living for the devil and living for God, uh, living in sin, uh, living 
in uh, justification, uh, living as a part of the world, living as a part of the church that belongs to Christ. Uh, these are different ways of talking about light versus darkness. God is the light. Anything else that's not with him is darkness. And he says that we were in darkness. We all, unfortunately, begin in darkness because we're sinning. As he said in Ephesians 2, we're children, uh, sons of disobedience, children of wrath. And then when we obey the gospel, we t come out of that darkness into the light. And, of course, we want to stay in that light. Unfortunately, it's possible to go back into darkness, but the admonition is stay in the light. And I like the point you made. It's not just not having fellowship with the things that are of the darkness, but you have to take an affirmative duty, as you said at times, and expose. And that's a part that a lot of us, especially in this society, don't like to do because to expose something, you're, you're basically contrasting. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. This is light. This is darkness. This is God. This is of the devil. Our society teaches us not to make those judgments because they're unfair in the, the estimation of the world. God says we must make those judgments. Right. In the world, everything is gray. You know, it's not dark, it's <laughs> right. not dark or light. Everything right. is gray. Right. But in, in the Bible, there is truth. Right. And so we, we need to determine what truth is and then hold to that truth and, and teach the truth. Amen. And uh, I think about a, a father and a mother teaching their children. And mm -hmm. so you want to teach your children this is darkness, this right. is light, this is error, this is truth. That's right. This is wrong, this is right. And right. we're exposing our children to, to the truth by exposing mm -hmm. wrong and mm -hmm. emphasizing what's, what's right. Amen. And so we want to be able to distinguish truth from error, right mm -hmm. from wrong. We want to be able to understand why this is wrong so that we can expose right. it. And we sure don't want to participate in it. It's, I think say verse 12 is a powerful verse. Mm -hmm. It's disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. We, we live in a wicked mm -hmm. world. Uh, ours is not the first world to be right. uh, kind of consumed with wickedness. There are some things that are even too shameful to, to talk about. And, and Paul refers to some of those you know, in, this, in this statement. We need to be able to, to see this is wrong right. and this is why it's wrong. This is right, and this is why it's right, and, and hold to one and reject the other. Verse 13 says, all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. The light. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of John chapter 3. Mm -hmm. You might uh, mm -hmm. have thought about that, that particular passage in the Gospel of John. John 3, verse 19. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world, mm -hmm. and men love the darkness rather than light, for their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Yeah. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifest as having been wrought in God. Amen. And so we walk in darkness. We're, we don't want to be exposed by the light yeah. of the gospel. Right. And so we want to do the truth. We want to do what's right. Well, then we come to the light. It, it, it confirms us and, and shows us the way. Amen. Well, I want to spend a little bit of time on verse 9. The okay. fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Mm -hmm. And so we want to reject the darkness, spiritual ignorance and sin and, and evil. We want to embrace the light. Well, what, what's the fruit of the light? Mm -hmm. Goodness and righteousness and truth. So right. let's talk about that for, for just a few minutes. Just those three, those three things. We want to be good people. We want to do good deeds. We want to do good things. We want to be kind people. You know, you think about, uh, you may, you, I'm sure you know people that you would describe in that way. You know, he's right. a good man or right. she's a good woman. What, what are the kinds of things that may lead you to that conclusion? They're kind, mm -hmm. 
they're generous, they're patient, they're helpful. Right. What, what do you think of, Kevin, when you, when you think about a good person, what are the qualities that they possess? Well, somebody who has moral restraint, moral self-control, someone who is honest in their dealings with one another, who speaks the truth, who doesn't lie, uh, somebody who has control of their emotions, is not flying off the handle, getting angry, someone who's, we've talked last week about, whose speech is consistent with that standard of holiness. They're not telling dirty jokes and they're not using profanity. They're very careful what they say. And uh, on the flip side, uh, somebody who's very active, you know, helping other people. Uh, being involved in the lives of other people, sharing of what they have, taking care of others, uh, just generally just showing a concern for your neighbor mm -hmm. That's right. uh, in a way that uh, wicked, selfish people do not. Right. And so taking some, the time to help someone mm -hmm. or to be generous towards someone, a couple of characters in the Bible stand out or come immediately mm -hmm. to mind. I think of Dorcas in, yes, in Acts yes. chapter 9. Uh, she was a disciple who died, and Peter raises her from the dead on that occasion. But she had done good things and mm -hmm. done good works. And so, you know, that 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 person stands out in my mind. Amen. Barnabas is yes, another one. Yes, he's, yes. he's a good man. Mm -hmm. He's the son of exhortation. He comes to Paul's defense on more than one occasion. You know, mm -hmm. he reaches out to support Paul. In Acts chapter 10, we yes, read uh, this, yeah. <laughs> this uh, description of Jesus. Uh -huh. um, Peter's at the house of Cornelius, and he describes Jesus in verse 38. God anointed him with the Holy Spirit, with power. He went about doing good mm -hmm. and healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We, we want to be good people, generous, kind, patient, helpful, sacrificial, right. all, all of those things. And so that's, that's part of being a person who's walking according to the light. Right. Goodness is the fruit of the light and righteousness as well. Uh, sometimes in the New Testament, uh, a person is made righteous. Mm -hmm. He becomes righteous. Or th another word for that is to justify. He's mm -hmm. justified. He's made right through his faith in Christ. But a lot of times in the Bible, righteousness is something we do. Right, right. Jesus, remember in Matthew chapter 6, warns us not to do our righteousness before mm -hmm. men, to be seen by them. In 1 John chapter 4 and um, chapter 3 and verse 7, that if we are righteous, we are to practice righteousness. The one who practices righteousness is righteous. And so we want to do righteous things. My understanding of being righteous or acting in a way that's justified is to conform yes. to mm -hmm. God's standard mm -hmm. of right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And so we want to bring our lives into conformity with God's standard, not our standard, not the world's standard, but God's standard of right and wrong. And so that's one of the fruits of light Amen. is to lead and practice, lead a righteous life, practice righteousness. Any comment? Well, when you talked about being conformed, I could help but think about a verse we talked about the last program, uh, Romans 12, 1 through 2. And I want to focus on verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there's a conforming that's to be done by us, but it's to conform to the will of God as it's been revealed in the Bible. We're not to be conformed to the world. Again, that's a distinction between light and darkness, the world and God. So we need to conform ourselves to God's will, not be conformed with the world. And then the last thing he mentions there is truth. Now we Christians, the truth should matter to Christians. Absolutely. Um, 
religious truth should, should matter to Christians, but truth in other areas mm-hmm. should matter to Christians as well. Mm-hmm. I need to, if I'm going to be effective and have influence on people and lead them to religious truth, right. they need to be able to have confidence in me in other areas as well. Right. And so if I kind of gain the reputation as someone who uh, sort of a um, promoter of a theory and rumor and you know things that are not cannot be substantiated mm-hmm. and that's going to that's going to reflect on me Absolutely. as a truth teller Absolutely. can is is his word dependable mm-hmm. can i count does you know is he careful about what he says mm-hmm. make sure mm-hmm. that it's correct mm-hmm. and so we're interested in truth just generally now right. especially religious amen. truth amen proverbs 23 23 buy the truth and sell it not right. Right. and so uh, that's a characteristic of light, mm-hmm. truth. Be a truth seeker, a truth teller, and bring people to the truth of Jesus Christ. Amen. Comment on that, Kevin. I, I just thought about John 17, 17, sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. And so the word of God is truth. And so we want to be wed to that. And there is error if there is truth. And there's truth and error in religion. And that's the sad that's thing is that there. you said earlier that everything somebody says in religion is not necessarily so. How do we determine that truth? Well, we go to the source of truth, which is God's will. And we compare what's being presented to God's will. That's exactly what we saw in Acts 17, 11, when Paul went to the synagogue in Berea. Uh, those folks were called more noble than those in Thessalonica. Why? Because rather than accept that what Paul had to say on face value, they took out their scriptures and they cross-referenced what Paul said against what they knew to be the will of God, which is the standard. And I would suggest that we need to do the same thing today as we hear things taught, cross-reference to what we know to be the truth. But also, like your your broader point, we need to be devoted to truth in general. And we don't want to be peddling lies, things that are rumors, that are half-truths, because it does affect your credibility. Paul told Timothy, take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine, for in doing so you will save both yourself and those who hear you. It matters not only what you teach, but how you live live and speak in a way that's consistent as one who tells the truth of the gospel. Right. I don't know where the time went, Kevin. We're out of time. And uh, just appreciate uh, your good comments today. Appreciate what you've had to say. Thank Hope you. that we've uh, um, kind of stirred up our, our thinking and um, presented some things that uh, help us along the way. Amen. Always end with a word of prayer. Sure. Kevin, would you lead us? Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this opportunity we've had to pour through your word, to understand the truth of your word. As we said, your word certainly is truth, and we thank you for that truth that's been revealed to us, that we can understand, that we can share and teach and defend uh, with our neighbors, our co-workers, family members, people we come into contact with. Uh, We thank you that you have revealed to us two paths, the path of light and the path of darkness. And we're thankful that though we all once were on the path of darkness, You've now brought those of us who have obeyed the gospel into your light, the path of light, to be in your church, to be part of the light and to walk in the light. And it's an illuminating experience, and we really appreciate that. And thank you for that illumination of what is right, what's appropriate. We know that there's a standard uh, of living that's consistent with the light, and we hope that we do that, that we're characterized as people who are good and people who are righteous and people who are truth-tellers, and not only when it comes to spiritual things, but also in our day-to-day affairs and secular affairs, because how we stand for the truth, how acquainted we are with the truth, will affect the credibility that we have as truth-tellers when it comes to the gospel. And may we never say or do anything that would harm our influence for your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for your word. We thank you for 
the ability for it to be understood, for the ability for it to be taught. We thank you for those outside of this building who are listening to this podcast. We thank you for their interest in spiritual things, and we know, we're confident that they have been blessed, not by the efforts of uh, Bob or myself, but by your word that will not return to your void. It will accomplish what you intend. It will accomplish what you please. And so we ask your blessings upon those who have heard the lesson, uh, all of us, that we may take it to heart and have this word implanted in our souls, which we know can save us in the end if we would adhere to it. We thank you for all the many blessings you've showered down upon us. Please continue to bless us and keep us under your guidance and protection. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.